Yeah, I think it's something that we're not taught ever at school, how to celebrate. Um, you know, someone might win the award and everyone gets a clap and that's that's fine, but to actually do it for yourself internally so that you can have fulfillment in life, not just be an achievement junkie where we just tick off all the goals, but to start feeling fulfillment and joy is actually a practice. It makes you celebrate the small things that you did that day that were good. And when we do that on a daily basis, we're happy. We have deep fulfillment. We're not just these achievement junkies. We've got this depth to us. That right there, friends, is Shanna Kennedy. And this is the Euphoria Health Podcast. Howdy there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Euphoria Health Podcast. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I'm your host, Matt Sapala. For anyone joining in the conversation for the first time, firstly, welcome and thank you for jumping on board. I suppose I should introduce myself for any new listeners out there. I'm a qualified personal trainer and I'm currently studying a Bachelor of Health Science majoring in Nutrition. I'm extremely passionate about holistic health, longevity, sustainability, and everything in between. Through this platform, I aim to add value to your life through education and inspiration on ways to create healthful decisions each and every day, decisions that add years to your life. My coaching philosophy and everything that I promote through this podcast is on the basis of not wanting to be your quick fix, but wanting to be your only fix. I'm talking specifically to my Melbourne friends when I say this, but I don't know about you guys, the past two weeks has been extremely different down here. The vibe in the air and the atmosphere is just breathtaking, people are smiling, the sun is shining and there's a newfound purpose to our day which I'm so pleased about. This of course comes with some extremely positive news with the easing of restrictions. Families can gather, friends can meet, and we can do the things that fill our cup each and every day. Things like sitting in a cafe and drinking coffee from a ceramic cup. I know that's been the biggest inclusion for me. The last 18 months to two years have been extremely challenging for everyone across the globe. Navigating life during a pandemic is exhausting. There has been ups, downs, and most of all, a consistent output of energy with very minimal input. So friends, enjoy the time with your friends, enjoy the time with your family and cherish human connection in ways that we never have before. This week's special guest on the podcast is back for her second appearance and boy, am I excited to share this one with you all. Shanna Kennedy needs no introduction. She's a life strategist and dedicates her time to helping other people thrive. She's like the angel on your shoulder, guiding you through key milestones, large and small, and provides that external support we all crave and need. If you haven't listened to episode 54 with Shanna, I highly suggest you do so prior to listening to this one. It will give a good background about Shanna's work and explain everything that she does. This week on the show, Shanna and I dissect the past 18 months here in Melbourne, in particular what life is like for us Melburnians enduring almost a full year of lockdowns. We chat at length about the things she's seeing with her patients on a daily basis and we chat at length about this word called compounding fatigue and this is something that we've all been subconsciously exposed to and we really are struggling to navigate around it, well a lot of people are in general. 
we chat at length about ways to navigate around a new COVID normal life and how we can continue to fill our cup on a daily basis without burnout creeping in. Shanna also takes us through ways that we can celebrate small wins along the way. This alone allows us to seek fulfillment through the most minuscule of tasks and gives us the sense of accomplishment that we need. This alone, as I said before, helps us fill our cup and keeps the fire burning towards our big audacious goals. I don't think the timing of this episode could be any better, so I'm going to hand over to Shanna. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Anna Kennedy, welcome to the Euphoria Health podcast for the second time. How are you? I'm I'm great and thrilled that I get to come back. So good. Um, my listeners are probably going to be stoked that you're coming on for a second time. The last episode that we recorded together was almost about two years ago now, I think, maybe a year and a half. What a what a year and a half it's been, to say the least. But if you guys haven't listened to that one already, I would recommend going to listen to that one before diving into this podcast. But how have you been since the last time we spoke, Shanna? Yeah, well, the world's a very, very different place to when we spoke last time. And the whole notion of, you know, let's set goals and go and get them and have a vision is it's sort of been, there's been a bit of a detour um, where at the moment, you know, everybody's sort of, in, especially in Melbourne, are in survival mode. Yeah, I think detour is the perfect adjective for that. And I love love the meaning behind the word detour, which I'm sure we're going to dive into a little bit later on. Yeah, a lot of the people that I've been speaking to within my circle are saying that this lockdown's really hit them hard. Um, I guess a year, almost a year of straight lockdowns is is pretty taxing on on the human body. I was pretty lucky that I missed a lot of it up in Darwin, but coming back, I can really sense that fatigue in the air from my my close friendship circle, my family, and it's um it's definitely a unique period of time. Yeah, it's really been like 18 months where we've had this awful uncertainty. We've, you know, last year in lockdown, people were like, right, I'm going to buy books, I'm going to read, I'm going to learn, I'm going to make sourdough, I'm going to learn all of these new things because I've got time and I'm not commuting. But what happened was there's this compounding fatigue that sets in where we got really tired of navigating the daily news. Like every single day, it was numbers. It was, this means that, and we've got curfews and we've got, you know, one person allowed to leave the house and, you know, you're allowed to exercise just for one hour or whatever it was. And it was, it's just been so consuming for 18 months. And we're still in the same position as we were 18 months ago that the, the brain now is just, fully exhausted. So for people in Melbourne, they're experiencing deep exhaustion and fatigue and it's been compounding. And and that's really starting to affect people's mental health. Definitely. I could not agree more. Shana, I want to put a little flag in this conversation that we're about to unpack. And for anyone that is new to the podcast, I'd love to give them an opportunity to understand who you are and the work that you do before we unpack the COVID can of worms. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I've been a life strategist for 20 years and my job was really the Jerry Maguire athlete uh, representative type role where I just worked seven days a week. I was completely burnt out. I had no self-care strategies whatsoever. I had no boundaries. I had no plan for myself. It was burn and churn, do as much as you can. And um, it cost me my health, which is chronic fatigue, which 
you know, 20 years later, I'm still dealing with on a weekly basis. But, you know, it, it was a great time for me to actually get that slap across the face, you know, just as you're turning 30 to say, oh, you know, I can't abuse this machine, this body that I've got or this mind that I've got. And I really worked with a coach to unpack myself and repack. And that's when I studied coaching and started to coach athletes into retirement and then built a really big practice and then started writing books. Lovely. And I've been fortunate enough to work one-on-one with you, Shanna, and the insight that you've given me in terms of goal setting and navigating my way around life at such a young age has been invaluable. So I I love our last podcast, how we dove right into the role of a, of a life coach and how important it is just to do that those sorts of life admin tasks that we almost put on. Um, mm. And we, we get stuck in this spiral of churn, churn and burn, churn, churn and burn, trying to keep up with the 24-7 society, but we don't often take stock of what we've done or what we've accomplished. So I think that's a very important part of the work that you do. And, you know, last year um, in February, when the first lockdowns were sort of being talked about, the first thing I did was get myself a coach. So last year I was coached for the entire year, every two weeks, because I wanted to be match fit. I wanted to get my life so slick and fit and ready for the world because I knew that everyone's going to go through grief everyone's going to go through a journey of change I my services of supporting people are going to now go up a notch Uh, instead of traveling on a plane to do a one-hour talk in Perth and turning around and coming back I can now do three or four talks a day so sometimes there's 600 people on a zoom so I worked with a coach last year to really reinvent myself, prepare myself, clean everything out and and really put a line in the sand of, you know, pre-COVID life, post-COVID life and how I was going to handle this. Well, we never thought it would last this long, um, but I'm really glad that I really did the work last year on myself again to really shine a light, to clean everything out, to tweak everything because you sort of can't coach yourself. You know, it's like your Tony Robbins has a coach. If Tony Robbins has a coach, I can have a coach. You know, it's like it's like you don't want to be the personal trainer that has never been coached again. You know, it's it's when you get coached, you always go to another level than when you're trying to do it on your own. So that was the best investment that I made last year for myself to really elevate myself, get myself match fit and um, take everything to a whole new level. I think that's refreshing to hear for people out there knowing that even the coach gets coached because often we we associate things with, for example, I'll, I'll use the analogy of me as a personal trainer. I always tell my clients, you know, you have to stretch after the session. You have to do this. You have to do that. But not often am I taking the time to stretch after the session. And it's more of like a do as I say, not as I do sort of situation. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's fantastic and refreshing to hear that the coach is being coached. Absolutely. And I think it gives people permission. And, you know, if you were ever sort of looking for a coach, I would be asking that coach if they've had a coach or are they getting a coach or how often do they get coached? Because we also want to learn the latest, newest tricks. We want to make sure that we're outside of our comfort zone and we're growing and evolving ourselves. I don't want to be the same as I was five years ago. Definitely not. So it's that real investment into being the best version of yourself that I think is really important in life because we are living in a very fast-paced world where things are changing on a constant basis, that change is happening daily. And I think we all need that little bit of support sometimes. 
you're on mute. There we go. Nice one. I muted my jacket for people at home. I muted myself so I could unzip my jacket and it wouldn't interrupt you. And I forgot to unmute myself. Uh, that's, that's technology, right? That's happening all across everyone's meetings. Zoom podcast in a nutshell. Now, Shannon, I think that was beautifully said before for what I was saying while I was on mute. I'd love to talk a little bit about the things that you're seeing during this period of time in your coaching sessions. And I know from the things that I've said, and I highlighted it before that the fatigue is real, but what stuff are you seeing in lockdown 6.0 yeah. or 7.0? Yes. So wherever we are, I think we're the longest lockdown in the world now. So what I'm seeing is there's lots of different types of personalities are now being exposed that were used to be covered up. So we've got introverts who have come home. Now, introverts are in heaven. They're in their nest. They love being home. They don't have to go to parties. They don't have to mix with people at work. They're really happy, very, very able to self-regulate and, and organise themselves. But they're the ones who are burning out the most because they have no off switch. They're saying, I'm so happy in my office here and I don't need to talk to anyone and I don't need anybody else that they will just keep working. They won't stop. And then you've got the extroverts who need people. And now they're in prison. They're in their home. They're by themselves or they're with their family. They need people. They need connection. They need parties and dinners. And they need the water cooler talk at work. They are dying inside. They are just going crazy. They're saying, I need to get out. But they don't burn out as much because they keep getting up, moving away from the screen to connect. So they'll, they'll go for the second walk of the day and they'll go and get another coffee down the coffee shop. They, they need people. So they're a very different type of person who is really struggling. Now, when we come out of lockdown, they can't wait to go back. And the ones that are introverts are going to really struggle integrating back in and they're going to have to pace themselves. So what I'm finding in my coaching sessions really depends on the personality types, which are very much being highlighted at the moment. But both types are just exhausted from breaking news, from this, it's the same news. It's not like we're getting different news and different things happening in the world. It's just the same conversation. Whenever you go for a walk with someone, it's the same conversation. It all comes back to what we can't do and how we're locked down and what's happening with COVID. So I think that 18 months down the track, you know, people are really just tired and they want some fresh ideas they actually want an injection of energy um, because all we're doing at the moment is output there's no input we're working we're supporting our family you know for me I've got my two teenagers here homeschooling my husband working from home there's no space except in the bathroom you know so there's no there's just nothing there's no input where you know when you go to a cafe and you sit down and you've got the energy and the music of the room or you're meeting, I'm doing a talk in a room with people, you, you gather that collective energy, or you go to a gym and you lift weights, it's the energy of all the people in the room that's giving you input. And now we've got no input. So it's just that exhaustion. And I think you highlighted that perfectly in another podcast. I forget who, who you were talking to, but you were talking about exactly the same thing that we're chatting about now. And, and you used the words accumulative fatigue and that adjective accumulative and the fatigue adjective it, it just sums up this in a nutshell because you're saying we've got all this output and no input and it's just fatigue upon fatigue upon fatigue and it's it crazy. compounds yeah and that's why you know if people feel a bit flat and I have those days where I just feel really out of sorts 
and flat and angry and frustrated and I don't know why. It's, it's that compounding fatigue and it just gets you and it sort of bites you. And then you can't run away from it. You have to sit in it. It doesn't go away. You can't just flick the switch and, and all of a sudden you're happy again. You actually have to sit through it. And um, it just comes in waves. And I think it's really important for people to realise that, you know, we're just not going to be happy every day. We're not going to be motivated every day that we're going to get these nice big waves coming in. It's like the clouds passing through. Oh, gosh, it's, it's tough. I'm in the mud. I'm, I'm so tired and I shouldn't be. Why am I so tired when I'm going to bed early every night? It's just that there's no input. I love that. And I think people are definitely over there the baking sourdough and and trying to find the the board game nights with the family that that has really worn off and we're really in this state of fight or flight aren't we this constant angst about the unknown and the yeah. constant news headlines that you were saying before that are just the same just a different number attached so yeah I personally yeah. can't wait to um to I personally will have a a newfound appreciation for freedom after this that's for sure yeah and it's just the little things right like having someone in your home for dinner or you know I can't even see my dad on father's day because he lives 20 kilometers away you know it's it's just small things it's I mean we miss the travel and traveling for work and all of those bigger things but it's actually the small things that we miss like sitting in a I love sitting in a cafe with my laptop working with the music and the people and I get really creative it's just the small things yeah, you and me both. I'm an avid coffee mm. drinker. I can't wait to sip them out of ceramic cups and ditch the paper, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> Shanna, how are you seeing this accumulative fatigue manifest in people? You highlighted before that it sort of comes in waves and it's manifesting in different ways. You, I'd love to relate this back to the introverts and, and extroverts, how the, the fatigue is manifesting based on their sort of personalities. Yeah, the introverts, I think the fatigue is actually physical because they don't stop, they don't move much, they're really happy in the home. The extroverts, the fatigue is really this mental chatter that's going on where they're frustrated and annoyed and a bit angry and, and they get angry at the news and, and then they talk to people and sometimes when you go for a walk with people and you're um, catastrophizing with somebody else, it actually makes you feel worse because that's all you've talked about, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. So you've got to be careful who you're going for a walk with. You know, I, I've got to pick the people that don't really watch much news and, and just are doing things that are a lot more positive because I just find it brings me down. So, yeah, they're all, they're all doing it in a different way. Beautifully said. Okay, Shanna, you've been up to some incredible things during this lockdown period over the past 12 months. Um, you've just released or correct me if I'm wrong over the past couple of months you've released is it your eighth or ninth book Shanna correct me there seventh seventh the seven a plan b yeah, eight eight is on its way soon just watch your space now yeah. you you've just released book number seven which is plan b I think this is a there's never been a more relevant time to release a book like this for people that are sitting there scratching their heads not knowing what plan b means could you give us a little breakdown about what this is and how this started for you how the idea came to you yeah well it's interesting because the idea came to me one night you know I woke up at three in the morning with my Jerry Maguire moment sweating where I just was lying there thinking I've been a coach for 20 years and coach people through change through divorce through 
change of job, through loss of a loved one, through mental health issues, through um, health crises. And I know exactly what's about to happen. And I know really the journey of change because it's what I teach. But there really isn't a book out there that can bullet point the whole thing. So I just got up at three in the morning and I just started typing. I got all the headings in. I knew the flow of the book. It just, boom, came straight out. Sent it off to Penguin and they said, yes, go and write it. So I was like, oh, that's fantastic. How am I going to write it with everyone at home? So I hired my Airbnb one kilometre away and moved in and, and wrote the book. Um, but I really wanted to highlight something in the book, which is the grief cycle. And the, the first quarter of the book, it's, it's in four stages. It's the four stages of change. And the first stage is recognising and responding. It's a little bit like you riding your bike and you fall off. And what's the first thing that we do to someone when they're getting a health diagnosis or they've just split up from their partner, we just say, just take a breath. We don't instantly try and fix it. We don't instantly say, oh, quick, let's make a new goal. Oh, forget that marriage, get to the next one. We always have to take a breath. So I actually start the book with the word stop and take a breath. Is, you know, as we're handling all of these breaking news, just stop and take a breath. Just digest first, because most people are running around holding their breath. It's like you fell off the bike. So just take a breath, gather yourself. Okay, now what are we feeling? Exactly like you talk to the kid. What are you feeling? Oh, I'm so scared now. I fell off my bike or whatever it is. We have to acknowledge our feelings and our fear and then acknowledge the grief cycle. So we're all in the grief cycle at the moment. And I wish I'd had this years and years ago to give to my clients where I could have said, oh, this is the part of the grief cycle you're in. You know, there's five different stages. They're all in the book in bullet point. But when we're feeling fear and anger and sadness and frustration and denial and all of these things, that's actually part of the grief cycle that we're never taught. And grief isn't just for going to a funeral. Grief is, I can't see my dad for Father's Day. Grief is, I can't come and meet you for a coffee. Grief is, we can't do our work in the coffee shop. We can't go on holidays. We can't celebrate my birthday next week. We can't do anything. So that is bringing up the feelings of grief, even if we don't think it's like going to a funeral, it's still there. And so that's when we get those waves coming through us of why am I so flat today? That's actually the grief cycle coming in. I mean, if you sit still and you think about it, you think, why am I flat? Well, I'm angry and I'm annoyed and why? Because I just want to go and have some fun and there's nothing open. I want to go to a restaurant with just someone and, and order something nice. So that is grief. And when people understand that, they can label why they're feeling like they're feeling. And all of a sudden, they don't put all that pressure on themselves of, is something wrong with me? Oh, no, I've got depression. Well, no, no, you're just in the grief cycle. And that's why tomorrow or two days later, you're actually a bit happy and you can't work out why. It's, it's this, you know, it's this washing machine of feelings that we're all feeling at the moment. So the book sort of starts there and it goes through all of that and the grief cycle. And then what's your story is what are we going to tell ourselves about the marriage or falling off the bike or what's that story that we're going to hold on to the rest of our life? We need to be very careful what we're saying. So last year I had a sticky note, it's here somewhere, um, that says, you know, what is the gift of today? 
Oh, here it is right here. So good. How good is this? That's been there for a year. What is the gift today? So my story wasn't what can't I do? It was what was what was the gift in today? Oh, I got to watch TV with my son, who's 17, who normally would not sit on the couch with me because he'd be with his mates. Um, or, you know, we have more family time. Or actually, I'm coaching a lot more people now because of Zoom. I can have 600 people on a on a, on a Zoom, that's unbelievable. You just wouldn't do that before. So there's all of these gifts, um, I think. So that's sort of how the book starts. And then it goes into, well, if you've just ripped the tomato plant out, we need to, the soil to heal. So we need to heal. Okay, before you get back on the bike, okay, let's gather ourselves, let's resettle, nurture, nourish. And it goes into that whole sinking into self-care and it talks about mental health, physical health and emotional health. And it talks about these practices of, okay, well, am I ready to sort of start saying yes again to life now? You know, and so it'll sort of give you that barometer of how you need to feel before you start opening the door to new opportunity. And then we have to let go of the past. You know, we need to let go of, yeah, we did fall off the bike. It's just a thing, it's fine. And then we get to reset and rebuild ourselves, And that's super exciting. So the book takes you into that part of before we get back on the road, we've taken the detour, we fell off, we healed. We've got to plant some new seeds now. We've got to go back to our values and plant new seeds and set some fresh goals and, and excite, build excitement for ourselves again. And then we've got to go back onto that highway and just live life again, which is the last chapter, which is all about rejoicing maybe plan, maybe we're better off for this. You know, maybe COVID will be a gift to my kids who had some really tough years instead of just waltzing through life like we all have without anything happening. So maybe there is a gift and maybe plan B, the way that we've restructured our businesses to be online, et cetera, maybe it's better in a way. And maybe we just need to rejoice in what we've got now. Wow, I'm actually blown away by the description of the grief cycle and it's so, so relevant and it explains a lot. It's like the answer to everything that we've been questioning for the past 18 months. And you summed it up beautifully there before when you were saying, talking about it, a typical day and you were saying, oh, I'm feeling really high and energetic today. And then the next day you're not and you're you're questioning and you're, you're feeling upset at yourself for not being in the same energy you were before, but we're we're almost bypassing the acknowledgement phase of the grief cycle. And I think once we have that process of acknowledging it, then we can put plans in place to accept and rebuild like those, like plan B is about. Yeah. It's like the weather, right? The clouds keep moving across and not every day is a sunny day. And, you know, some days are really stormy or we get the earthquake or we do, you know, <laughs> things happen, but we just need to be able to say, Oh, it's, it's hailing today, it's pouring today, I'm not going to be able to do the garden. So if you get the day where we're really flat, we're really exhausted, we're really unmotivated, I often just take myself to bed and just go and have a sleep I, because we can't fight through it. Sometimes we have to because we've got appointments and, and people I need to coach. But as soon as I'm finished, I don't even try to have fun that night. I don't even try to do anything. I just say, I'm putting up my white flag, everyone. I'm actually going in the day and go to bed. You know, I'm actually just going to sleep it off because I don't know why I'm so flat, but it's the grief cycle. It's just compounded and it's just poof, it's just gone. 
So and then I wake up perfectly fine the next day. So there's hormones, there's weather, there's breaking news, there's restrictions, there's, oh, things didn't work out how I thought they would. There's things happening with our health. Um, there's so much going on that sometimes we just need to remember we're human beings. We're not machines. We're not human doings. And some days they're just going to be messy. And that's okay. I love it. And I want to backtrack a little bit when you were pulling up the sticky notes for people at home that can't see Shanna's sticky notes everywhere or don't know much about you, Shanna, you're a sticky note advocate around here. Can you explain oh a little God. bit about, <laughs> about I, look, this process? I live, I live by sticky note. So I, I think that the brain needs a map, like the brain's a computer and every day it needs an instruction. So when we can visually see something like a word or an instruction, um, I think that it changes who we are. So there's, there's, there's one here that says, um, you know, I get to do this. I don't have to do this podcast. I get to do it. I don't have to em empty the dishwasher. I get to. And these little brain hacks that I've got in sticky notes around my computer, you know, my values have been here for 20 years. This poor sticky note here is 20 years old. Um, so every day I can just see what am I doing for my values, you know, my mental, physical and emotional health. How am I showing up? Where's my sense of achievement today? Um, when we have sticky notes and we use a visual cue, it just means that the brain then has something to hold on to. So it doesn't get so lost, so lost in emotions and change and weather and all the things we just talked about. So for most of last year, I really focused on training my brains with my affirmations, with words, with, you know, this one here says, how am I going to show up? I'm going to be gracious, purposeful, brave and compassionate. Um, and I'm going to choose light and joy today. So I want to show up for my podcast interviews and my clients and my family with lightness and joy. And if I can tell myself that rather than saying I have to, I want to enjoy my day. That's the goal. So, you know, I go out walking in the morning. It's Melbourne. It's raining sideways and windy. Let's just go out and enjoy being blasted. You know, I actually try and train my brain into creating the feeling I want to feel. If we say we're tired, exhausted, angry, I'm over it, I can't be bothered, it sends all of those messages to our nervous system and that's exactly how we're going to feel. So the training of the brain has been very important for me because I live with chronic fatigue. So I have to put in the computer every morning, which is my brain. Oh, you need to feel light and joyful today because if I listened to my body, it would usually say I'm exhausted. So I can just shift that percentage a lot through just the brain work that mind training. Fantastic. And I love that, how you said that the brain needs a reminder. It's constantly working 24 seven and to have these sticky notes right in front of us. Like sometimes the answer is always in front of us, but we're just mm -hmm. bypass it with other thoughts, but having these like clear as day, like a, a simple word, like breathe on your sticky note on your laptop, it can change the whole course of the day just by reading the word. Yeah. And, you know, writing on the mirror in whiteboard marker, breathe. You know, every time you wash your hands, you could be taking a breath. And when we take a breath, I'm sure most of your listeners have been holding their breath all day. They haven't taken a conscious breath. So every time we wash our hands, we could be taking three deep breaths. 
we could be calming the nervous system down. We could be grounding ourselves. So putting a yellow sticky note on the soap bottle that says breathe times three, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I've got to do that. And why am I doing that? Because it calms me down. It makes me feel grounded. It gives me confidence again. It means I'm in control. I can put my shoulders back and just reset myself before I go back to the laptop and do more work. I love it. And James Clear, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work, Atomic Habits, he talks a lot about habit stacking and things, essentially things that you're already doing within your day, adding an additional habit on top of that. Like we all wash our hands, especially in this climate, washing your hands upwards of 20 times yes. a day. So everyone's going to be breathing exactly. a lot, but that's fantastic. You're already doing it. So let's add another habit on top of it and it makes it more sustainable in the long run. Yeah. And we keep stacking, right? So um, I just keep stacking. So it's wash your hands, take deep, three deep breaths, oh, habit stack, look in the mirror, stack another thing, have a glass of water. So there's a glass there as well. So I hydrate because I forget to drink. And then it's like in the morning, you know, how you start your day. It's, you know, make my bed, move my body, mindfully breathe, put music on. So it's the same four things that I'm doing every single day to start my day. And I think, okay, I've started the right way. Anything could happen now, but I started the right way. And I just keep thinking about how I can tweak those habits or add something else on that really works for me. I love it. Now, Sean, I want to zoom in on something that you just said before, make your bed, move your body, mindfully breathe. This is something that you talk about a lot and you, you refer to them as the three M's. For the listeners at home, can you explain a little bit about the three M's and have they helped you navigate through this situation that we, we call a global pandemic? Absolutely. So when I was working with my coach last year, you know, we really worked out what was the best way to start the day. So it was get up, make my bed instantly. So don't touch the phone. I've got an alarm clock, make my bed. Okay, I'm a winner already. Okay, if I move my body for an hour, so that could be yoga, weights, but I walk for an hour to get out outside. Otherwise, I'm stuck inside all day. So I walk for an hour and that could be with a friend or music or a podcast or silence. But you have to move for an hour every day. And when you come back, whether you're disheveled from the rain, the wind, or it's been a great walk, whatever, you're, you're a winner. And as I sit on the porch and take my shoes off, I have to do some mindful breathing. And then it's about halfway through the year the fatigue starts to set in by the end of last year fatigue was in this year it's really set in so I've added music so I've got the speaker now um, in the in the ensuite and every day when I get into that shower I blast music and it absolutely changes how I start my first client of the day I'm so pumped because I've been such a winner you know, I've, I've had done this little formula that if I can do that till the last day that I'm on this planet, every day is going to start off the best way possible. So even on Saturday, even on Sunday, I still get up early, make my bed, move my body, mindfully breathe, put music on. I might have a nap in the afternoon to catch up, but I'll never sleep in. I'll always get up and move my body straight away. Um, and I just find that that works for me and everyone has to create their own recipe and everybody's different, but that works for me. So even if people get a yellow sticky note out and they put the three things that they want to do every day before they start work, that makes them feel like they've honoured themselves first before work, whatever that may be, um, that's what we want to be doing. Yeah, I think that's 
incredibly insightful in a situation where there's so many uncontrollables. You're controlling the the way that you're showing up each and every day. And I know people at home must be like, oh yeah, you know, like here we go again with controlling the controllables. But it there's a reason why we're harping on about it is because it, it actually does work. It changes the whole course of the day. It makes you feel like you've accomplished things like you've just said. And and we've almost blurred the lines between completing a task between you know, like a typical day of completing a task in a normal world would be like completing a uni assignment or responding to 15 mm. emails. But if we just shift the goalposts a little bit, like going for a walk is a, is a task complete in itself and it's a win. So celebrating that mm. success is essential. Absolutely. And the same thing happens at nighttime, right? <coughs> Excuse me. So at nighttime, it's, it's we human beings need rhythm and ritual. So human beings really need consistency to feel safe. So if all this chaos is happening in the day and the goalposts keep moving during the day, what's great and what's not great and now vaccines and whatever, um, the goalposts keep moving. So if we can just have our stable ones that we enter the day with and we exit the day with, we can handle, we can handle the chaos a lot better. So if we don't have that, as human beings, we feel very lost. So really understanding how you start and finish your day is very important. Definitely. And I relate that back to fitness as well. You don't go into the gym and you just lift 100 kilos from the floor first lift. Yeah. You, if From a deadlift point of view, you go and you warm up and you prime your body so that you can actually tick off that main event. So if we treat life in the same way, I think that is the, definitely the recipe for success. Yeah, definitely. And it's just honouring yourself, right? the most important relationship we have in the world is the one with ourselves. And if we, if we can't love and care for ourselves first, it's going to be really hard to love and care for other people. So it's just that kindness and compassion to self. Some days I really don't feel like going for a walk and maybe once a month I won't. Um, but I also recognise I didn't feel as good that day for some reason. And the next day I make sure I, I never take two days off in a row, ever. Ever. Mm. I love it, Shanna. Now, we're a bit behind in, in the fact that we are just coming out of our lockdown situation now. We've got the roadmap down in Melbourne. And I think this is something we were chatting about off air before. Navigating our way out of lockdown for what we've been used to for the past 18 months is going to be a challenge in itself. And I know that the conversations that I'm hearing around from my circle, my friends, my personal training clients is we're almost wanting to make up for lost time. So we're going to be saying yes to everything because we've been deprived of it for so long. And I think that's a fantastic mindset, but we also really need to still stick to the routine and acknowledge ourselves and, and really look after the business of you, as you would say. How can we navigate around feeling the need to say yes to every interaction as we go back into integrating into normal society? Yeah, I think people get really excited well, there's two. Some people get really excited, the extroverts, the introverts are petrified. So uh, they need to learn to say yes, and the extroverts need to embrace the pace. We need to pace ourselves because we're going to just burn out and we're just going to get very disheveled and it's going to happen all too quickly. But I do think that it's going to be a staged process so that we'll, we'll have time to adapt. But I think it's about saying, where's my boundary? Um, all the good that I've done in lockdown, I might just go and undo. So I've got to be aware of that. So 
it's just about having a little plan for yourself, a mental plan about where your boundaries are. And for the introverts who are so scared to go back to work or they don't want to go to parties or they don't want to go out again because they're so comfortable, they actually need to challenge themselves to go out. They're saying, oh, gosh, I have to go to parties again. Oh, no, I don't like going to parties. So they have to actually start to challenge themselves to get out of their little world that they've created for themselves, which becomes unhealthy as well. And the extroverts, yeah, they have to embrace a pace. We need to pace ourselves for we're just going to burn out and be an exhausted mess because we're coming from such a low base of energy. <laughs> low base is an understatement, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's there. That's super insightful as well. I, I almost forgot the the introvert side of things, actually challenging yourself to say yes, because I'm a quite an extrovert myself. I'm much like you were highlighting before, going for the second, the third walk a day, loading up on the on the coffee shop as well. So I think, yeah, pushing yourself to say yes is also really, really important to integrate back into mm. quote unquote mm. society. Yeah. And I'm quite an introvert, so I'm very happy here. Um, and I have worked home for 20 years from home for 20 years. Um, but I didn't realize how much I actually did enjoy going out and I did enjoy traveling and speaking on stage and that's a little extrovert part of me. But I didn't realize actually how important it was and how much energy it gave me. And I only realized that through this prolonged lockdown is actually that's where my fuel comes from. Even going to yoga with a, a room full of people in silence, it's collective energy that I'm gathering that's missing. So it's made me really reassess what what kind of introvert I think I am. I think we're also in a unique situation coming out of, of lockdown. And we have this ability to almost rewrite the script of how we're going to attack our day and attack life. And an important element I know from our work together and, and something that you, you're really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You you're a big advocate for, and that's celebrating success and celebrating the wins. And I know, you know, we often don't sit back and, and reflect on, on the wins that we've had for the day and celebrate with them. So yeah. what are some bits of advice for us humans coming out of lockdown on how to celebrate success, no matter the magnitude of, of the win? Yeah, I think it's something that we're not taught ever at school, how to celebrate. Um, you know, someone might win the award and everyone gets a clap and that's that's fine, but to actually do it for yourself internally so that you can have fulfilment in life, not just be an achievement junkie where we just tick off all the goals, but to start feeling fulfilment and joy is actually a practice. So every night, you know, I write in my little five-minute journal there, you know, what are the three amazing things that happened today? And some days I'm like, can't find any but then I sit there and I have to think and I'm like actually well I, I did enjoy my coffee and I did enjoy actually I did enjoy cooking dinner I didn't think I did but I did so it's it makes you start to celebrate yourself it makes you celebrate the small things that you did that day that were good and when we do that on a daily basis it's like putting pebbles in a jar um, you, you become very good at putting little pebbles in and the jar fills up and it means we're confident, we're happy, we have deep fulfillment. We're not just these achievement junkies, right? We've got this depth to us, which comes from putting the little pebbles in the jar every day of joy and celebration so that we can be the light for other people. We can 
help educate other people. Yeah, I think that's fantastic bits of advice for people. And I know myself, I often have to take stock at the end of each day and, and reflect on the things that I've done, things that I've accomplished and things that are still left to carry over for the next day and some of them you you almost lose track of if you're in this the flow zone and you just go 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 you lose track of the wins that you've had and working together with you Shanna I know that if we accumulate that on top of each other day in day out and we don't celebrate those successes we we get down on ourselves and we feel like we haven't accomplished anything and we also start to get burnt out from that as a byproduct because we feel like we haven't accomplished anything. That's burnout 101. It's just we we go from goal to goal to goal. We get on the to-do list and we just tick, 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 tick. And we actually don't stop and take a breath. It's like you want to keep running the marathon and you go, well, I'll just run the next K and then the next K and then I'll just keep going without stopping at the Gatorade station and refueling and having a stretch and enjoying the marathon. We get to the end of the marathon and we're just a disheveled mess or you could pace yourself a little bit by just going, actually, the last 5Ks was great. I need to do a bit of tweaking here and then going to the next section of the marathon. That's how we need to be approaching life and our to-do list and our goals. And if we're not high-fiving ourselves and we're not celebrating and taking a breath in between them all, we end up burnt out. And I coach a lot of very burnt out people who have just been running on that treadmill and doing a lot of great stuff but there is no fulfillment. It's empty. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's super important as well. And you are a big advocate for also working seasonally. I know that that works for you a lot is, you can elaborate on this a little bit more, but I just came to me reflecting on back when I was in high school, you know, you work through term by term. You don't sit there at the beginning of the year thinking about your end of year exams. You work term by term and you break it down into small sections. And I think, the seasonal conversation that we're about to have sort of aligns really well with the term sort of flow. You work hard for 10 to 12 weeks and then you have two weeks off and then you go again. Talk to us a little bit about how you work seasonally and how that sort of helped you navigate around um, longevity within the workspace. Yeah, well, I, I always like to work with nature. So some people work with, you know, financial years or they work quarterly for just this one year that we're talking about but I just found that I could work my best if I worked with the season so you know autumn and winter they're big projects that's when I do all the sticky stuff like you know your tax and websites and writing books and I don't want to do that when the sun's out oh my gosh I'll be so resentful so I've sort of really thought about my personality and everyone can think about their personality and how they work best is In summer, I don't want to be setting lots of goals. I want to be refueling. I want to be enjoying myself. I want to be watching sunsets. I want to be outside at nighttime. I I just want that freedom. I want to be in the garden. I want to be reading and lying in the sun and everything. So that means, what, what does winter mean? Winter means you're going to go hard. So there's nothing on at night. It's dark. It's cold. Just do that work, you know. Go through your insurances, do your tax, do your finances, um, do all the, the projects, do the big things for the year in, the, in that 12-week block. So I just divided the year into 12 weeks, into the seasons, and each season really means something to me. So I change my supplements, you know, I change where I walk. Um, I might do a bit more 
um, yoga or a bit more weights, um, indoor stuff um, in the winter and may all outdoor in the summer. So I feel like I don't get stale and I, I don't get that exhaustion. And I've been coaching for 20 years and I'm not tired. So I, I think, wow, it works for me. It really works for me, that 12-week freshen up where I'll change the plants on my desk every quarter, every season, and I'll just change a picture here and there, and I'll just change my environment um, every 12 weeks a little bit, and it, and it just keeps me nice and fresh. I love that, Shanna, and I think your book, Plan B, Navigating and Embracing Change, is not going to be uh, a set of rules for people that is going to be their exact answer. You're going on a journey with these people to help them navigate their own life and find what works best for them. Whether some people might be the exact opposite to you, Shanna, and really want to work hard yes. during summer. I know for me yes. as a personal trainer, that's my busiest time. People want to get outdoors and exercise, which is amazing. So mm-hmm. navigating what works within your lifestyle, I think is really, really crucial. And I love that the the whole coaching journey and, and the book itself is is encouraging people to go on their own journey and you're just there as a support person. Yes, it's going to keep asking you the questions for you to create your own recipe that works for you. And if, you know, in summer that, you know, for me, summer, I, I still work hard because everyone wants a new plan um, and New Year's resolutions, but I don't want to do those big personal goals at that time. So this is about saying, okay, how can I make the year work best for me? So I'm going to work really hard coaching people or training people over summer. I don't want to be doing my tax on top of that. I don't want to be cleaning out my house on top of that or getting my car serviced on top of that. I'll go do that in the winter when it's a bit quieter or whatever it might be. So um, when I use the seasonal planners, it's all about what are the personal goals for each quarter? What's my nutrition for each quarter? So I, my body doesn't get used to the same food for 12 months of the year. I change it up a bit, change my supplements. You know, what books do I want to read each quarter? One book, you know, every 12 weeks. What podcast? And I write it all down so that I've got this really nice reference that I'm constantly looking at. And and I think it's that, you know, we talked about the brain needing a roadmap. It's like we just break the year into four pieces of paper. It's that simple. I think that that. A fantastic place to start in someone's goal setting journey when we're often staring at the blank sheet of paper looking at what what's what I want to achieve for the year, particularly around December, January. That's a fantastic place to place to start breaking up into into quarters. And I think that's invaluable information for the community out here. Mm, yeah. And and we want to keep life simple, right? We know the whole idea of working with a coach is to simplify and to create a structure so you can succeed. So if we simplify your life onto four pieces of paper and you know that every Easter you get your teeth cleaned, you, you know that every autumn you're, you're getting your teeth cleaned and we know every spring the hedge gets trimmed and we know every winter the car gets serviced, you actually don't have to think anymore. It's like a blueprint that sort of happens every year that you tweak. And um, I think that's what makes life really simple and it means we can be spontaneous. It means we've got more free time. It means we don't have stress and overwhelm because everything's on these four pieces of paper and you can't forget. Fantastic. Shanna, this has been incredible. I've researched a lot of your content and I always follow your stuff and I'm constantly blown away every single time because I feel like I have an aha moment every single interaction we have. And 
I firstly just want to say thank you so much for being the person you are and sharing this information with the community. I think there's no better time to be hearing this and it's like a breath of fresh air knowing that, you know, we're not alone and we do have the blueprint out of it. Mm, we're not alone. And, you know, I'm getting a coach. I have flat days. I can't work it out sometimes. But if we can just keep it simple for ourselves, if we can, you know, I wrote plan B because I want one in every house because it doesn't matter what happens, you're going to get thrown a curveball, whether it's health, job, relationships, um, pandemics, weather, all of these things. And it teaches you exactly what happens when you get to a speed hump and how to navigate your way through. Beautifully said. And where can people get their book plan B and also all of your other resources that you have? Yeah, well, they can visit the website. There's a ton of free resources so there's free vision board kits to download there's free screensavers to help train the brain which a lot of people use to train the brain um, and all the books are on there or you can just go to kmart or big w or dimmix or or go to your online store like booktopia and, and order yourself a copy and it is a guide for the rest of your life like whenever you just think oh gosh that hurt i'm going to open that grief section um, and what do i do next it's all there for you Beautiful. And I'll have all those links in the show notes for you guys as well. Shanna, I'm excited to know what's next for you wrapping up the podcast. What, what's what's the big audacious plan for you? We're coming up to summer. Yes, I know. Exciting. I know I get so excited um, to, to be outside. Um, the, the, the next project for me is I've got my vision board kits that I developed during lockdown as one of my hobbies that I wanted to do for 10 years, I actually went and did it. <laughs> and they're going into Kmart and, and Target for Christmas. And I thought, why is it that people don't like doing vision boards? They, they want to do it, but they can't find the photos. And then they put all these photos up and they don't match and it looks a bit like a dog's breakfast. So I said, okay, I'm going to find the photos. So I've created these decks of cards, which are all the photos that color match when you put them up. So it's beautiful art. So your vision board is so beautiful to look at because all of the colors blend together um, and it's got all the words and, and everything. So I'll be doing a lot about vision creation and vision boards over Christmas. So that's really exciting for me because it's one of my, I've been doing them since I was 20 years old and I'm now 50. So it's, I've been doing them for a long time, every couple of years. So I'm excited about that. I think that's a nice gift to the world. And um, I'm looking forward to, just refueling myself really and taking a bit of a breath over the summer and then pretty much going pretty hard next year. I think it's a, a, lot, a, a lot of people next year as we come out into our new normal have, have got to reset themselves. I think that's such a fantastic idea. And I often steer away from doing vision boards because of cutting and pasting. And I'm the least crafty person you would ever know. So cutting and pasting. I've is done it for you. Jam. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely have the links for where people can get that and some more information in the show notes. How exciting, Shanna. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Do you have any final words of Shanna Kennedy wisdom before we wrap up the podcast? Ooh, I think I'd love to just say to everybody, embrace the pace. You know, we, we've got to pace ourselves. You know, we don't need to rush. We don't need to rush back. We don't need to be perfect every day. We have to embrace the mess a little bit and just be really kind to ourselves as we navigate this change. 
Beautifully said. What a great way to finish the podcast, Shanna. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Wow, what an episode that was. Shanna, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and enabling the Euphoria Health community to have a quote-unquote roadmap of how to navigate life outside of a global pandemic. I also really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and helping people better understand how to celebrate small wins and the importance of doing so. Guys, if you got nothing out of the podcast but that, I think, won the day. Don't forget to head on over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a rating and review for the podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Well, that's all I have for you this week on the Euphoria Health Podcast. I hope you have a fantastic week. Keep enjoying that human connection and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.